We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B-E to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights, strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com slash B. That's IXL.com slash B. Welcome to the Rebel Educator Podcast, where we work to amplify the voices and ideas of changemakers in education. We talk with students, educators, and thought leaders who are questioning the status quo and resisting tradition in education. So welcome, Rebel Educators, to this episode of the Rebel Educator Podcast. Welcome, Rebel Educators. I'm here today with David Hurwitt. He is an innovator. Over the course of his career, he's led the development and launch of new products and services from toothpicks to wind turbines that have generated well over a billion dollars in sales. Dave has lived and worked around the world and is now based in Burlington, Vermont, with his wife and his golden retriever, Bear. Their three kids have now graduated from college, but it was his experience with them on their college journeys that started his innovator's brain cranking on what became true. Having worked in admissions through grad school, he was amazed by how little technology and the internet had impacted the college search and admissions process. Even more, he was dismayed to discover how often students were transferring or dropping out altogether. In early 2020, this led directly to his founding truth, a two-sided, AI-powered platform to help students discover their passions, people, and place based on the real experiences of recent alumni and current higher education students. Welcome, David. I'm excited to dig into college admissions. Thank you, Tanya. I'm happy to talk your ear off about it. Your story reminds me a little bit of that of Ramona Pearson. And I don't know if you're familiar with her. I, I talk about her a little bit in my book, Rebel Educator. But she was in the military and was hit by a car and was in a coma for about 18 months, lost her vision for about 10 years. And when she regained her vision through a surgery, she started volunteering in schools. And the thing that she noticed was the entire world had changed in that decade and school hadn't changed a little bit. And so she launched a company called Synaptic Mash to work towards that change and to really create a more integrated lesson plans. And it was kind of the beginning of AI in lesson plannings and student education. 
And your story reminds me a little bit of that, of working in college admissions and then coming back later and seeing nothing change. Yeah. Fortunately, I didn't have to go through a coma to have the same kind of feeling, I think, that, that you described that she had. But it was very similar. You know, my oldest daughter, who's now 28, was born a week before finals in my first semester of business school. And I worked on the admissions committee when I was in, in business school. I was, I was a tour guide and envelope stuffer when I was an undergraduate. So I, I felt like I knew the admissions business. But when I graduated from business school two years later and set about a career about developing new products and services in a range of different industries, one of the things that happened right as I was getting out of business school was this little thing we call the internet. And it changed so much of our lives and the information flow and what we could get access to and learn and connect with was just all fundamentally different. And so, you know, 18 years later, when it was time to take that daughter back on tours of colleges, I expected a very different experience than the one that I actually found. And it didn't take a lot of research to start to really understand the implications of that for my daughter and our family, as well as for the schools who were looking to find the right students, that the current system was really underserving both sides equally and that technology had an opportunity to really dramatically improve the outcomes of that process. So you talk about using technology and a platform to help students discover their passions, people, and place. Can you talk about how that works and the system that you use to match students with colleges? Yeah, you know, let's start with an interesting story. So when, when my daughter and I were on that first college tour, we pulled up to the first school and she had the benefit of college-educated parents and a good guidance counselor in a public high school and a private independent college counselor that we had hired that helped her create a list. And we went to the very top of the list and started there and visited the school. We drove in the middle of nowhere of New York State for hours to get there. And we got there and she said, nope, don't even get out of the car, dad. This is not going to happen. This is not it at all. And I said, okay, A, you're getting out of the car, but B, we got to go talk about why and let's figure this out. Let's go walk around and, and just let's just kind of get into this. We had the tour and it was interesting and we, we had some really good conversation. And I said, all right, we're here for the night. So I tell you what, we're going to drive to the hotel. I'll find us a restaurant. You control the music, right? You're the co-pilot, so you get the radio. So she jumped on Spotify and Spotify knew just what music would appease father and daughter on a you know 20-minute drive. And they nailed it. And then I jumped on Open Table and I found just the right restaurant because it knows kind of what I like and where we were. And it suggested a perfect restaurant for us. And it occurred to me that the technology used to match those two very low-cost things was significantly more sophisticated than the technology we'd used to make this quarter-million-dollar decision about where she should go to undergraduate. And it kind of got the wheels turning there because ultimately, like you suggested, I believe this is all about finding your people. And if that's the case, then simply looking at a set of demographics or saying, I want a big school in a city or a small school in the country, whatever it might be. That's just not going to get you there because you have to find your people. And so as we started to think about the application of what technology might help you find your people, it doesn't take much to realize that the biggest part of any school community are the graduates, right? They're the alumni. And they are the ones who are the literal model of success in and out of a school's classrooms that every new student is looking for. And so using data science and now AI-powered data science, we can say, take a representative sample of recent graduates 
and define the academic and social culture of a school, what makes it unique, what makes people like it and dislike it, and then turn that into a digital filter or a lens through which we can have any student look at those schools objectively and say, these are the kinds of factors in and out of the classroom that I'm looking for to make me feel great and excited as a person, as a student, a learner, as a community member. And we really believe that it's a significant opportunity to improve the odds of being successful in college if you can find those set of conditions academically and socially where you're really most likely to thrive. And why not use the model of people that already have been there and done that? And so that's essentially what Shrub is all about. Want to know one of my biggest frustrations with ed tech? Tools that assume every student learns the same way at the same pace. I need my technology to do more for me. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum and that it's proven benefit to all student populations, including English learners and students in special education programs. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results, combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? I'm sure you want to increase achievement for all students. Find out how IXL can help. Visit IXL.com B for a demo. That's IXL.com B-E. I think I had a similar experience to your daughter. One of the colleges that I went to visit during that period of time, I got there and looked around and pretty much said the same thing. Like, nope, this isn't my place. Like, this isn't going to work. But I was there. I had a student host for the night. And so I, I went and I stayed. And the more I learned about the college and the more people I talked to, the more I was sure that that was not my place in the world. Right, right. And I ended up going with the big college in the city because that's where I grew up in a very small town and I wanted to not be known and not be seen and be able to hide in the back of a 400 person auditorium or not hide in the back of a 400 person auditorium if I didn't go to class that day. (laughs) Right. But as you're building and as you're finding the right fit for students without driving around the country to make that happen, which... I'm sure you still, you know, go on college visits and you still check out the places that are good fits because they're still going to have a different feel and a different culture once you get there. But you you find those colleges and you pick them out and you apply. What happens next? We were talking a little bit about this before. Okay, I've applied. Colleges have given me their blessing or rejection. <laughs> yeah. And how does that go? It's such an interesting sort of power dynamic that shifts very it's sort of a binary thing, right? In the beginning, students especially feel like the colleges have all the power. Colleges don't feel that way. They feel like they're somewhat powerless to go find enough students. But from a student perspective, they definitely feel like the college is holding all the cards and I just have to apply to as many as I can and just get in somewhere, get in a few places. And what they're experiencing now is this total shift in that perspective because they hopefully have a few acceptance letters sitting on the kitchen table or on the laptop on the kitchen table. I'm dating myself by saying there's a physical letter on the table. But the shift in dynamic there is really interesting because most students, as teenagers are apt to do, have a very short-term perspective on where should I go to school. They're thinking about where do my friends go? What do I know? What's close to home? What makes me feel comfortable? And I'm impressed by your decision to do what actually made you less comfortable. Instead of being a small town where everybody knows you, you want to go 
do the opposite, go to the big school and be anonymous. Most of us tend to go with what's safe and known. And so the power shift that's going on right now of schools saying, yes, we'd like to have you, and then students now trying to figure out from amongst uh, potentially a few different choices, which one is right for me. It's a really big transition. And for families and for the students in particular, they have to start thinking a little differently. They have to be thinking less short-term and more long-term. Because as the, the schools are sending out acceptance letters, they're not thinking about this as an admissions issue, right? This is about, we are inviting you to become a member of our community for the rest of your life. I sort of joke and say that most teenagers think this process of applying to college is like Tinder, right? It's about, can I get a date tonight? And the schools aren't thinking about it that way. They're thinking, will you marry me? And they literally want to have your children go to the school as well. And so it's, it is a very much of a, of a sort of a disconnect in perspective. And so what, what Truth tries to do is to help to align those views and not focus so much on getting in, but on getting out. The reality is that the average six-year graduation rate, so forget about just graduating on time in four years, but the six-year graduation rate across the country from the school where you start is about 50%. So it's kind of a roll of the dice as to whether the school that you choose using today's technology is going to be the place where you actually ultimately graduate from. And so what we really try to focus on is not getting you into college, it's getting you out of college with a degree. And if we can help you to find your people and to feel that the psychologists refer to as psychological safety, that sense that I feel like I'm really kind of in my place and I'm comfortable enough to express myself and be myself. If you can feel that both in and out of the classroom, you are much more likely to persist, right? You're going to stick out the hard times and feel that presence of those people around you that are your people. And that's a phrase I hear from students all the time is, I'm just trying to find my people. And so you know, taking a people-centric approach that is about connecting you with a community, not based on where you can get in, but where you're most likely to get out, based on the experience of the people that have done just that, has got to be a better way to do this. That difference between sending out a bunch of applications and seeing where I can get in and the college being, hey, I want you to marry me. This is a long-term relationship. What are the questions that students or families should be asking when they're looking at that long-term relationship versus just where can I get in? What's the different perspective? So we look at fit from three perspectives, academic, social, and financial. And the financial fit piece is something that families definitely need to answer for themselves. And it's a, it's a tough question. But absent some level of security about your ability to afford this, not just today, but your ability to afford, if you're taking on debt, your ability to afford that debt based on the choice of career that you make afterwards, then that's something you definitely need to resolve. That's not so much the focus of Truve. We're more focused on those other two legs, which are the academic and social fit. And so what we have built is a two-sided platform that all revolves around a quick 10-minute quiz. And so what we do is we ask alumni, recent alumni and current students, to take the quiz for their school and just answer these questions about the set of conditions in and out of the classroom that they have found to be most important to them and to their success. We then take that cumulative response and then sort of use that to define the school's culture, right? We turn the culture into digital code in that methodology. Then as a student, as a prospective new student in college, you can take this quiz one time and then get matched against any school in the country 
based on how aligned you are with the kind of conditions that you think are important and the conditions that the alumni and the current students say are important to their particular community. So it's just a better way to start the process, but it's not intended to be a definitive statement that says, well, we have, you know, AI has found your single school and Tanya, you are now assigned to school number X. It's not that at all. It's much more uh, an upfront way for you to find the kinds of schools that are going to resonate with you so that as you then kick into your process, which can include virtual tours, if you can afford it, in-person tours, you can start to engage with a school, you can visit them at college fairs, you can spend time online, you can look at all the reviews. There's a lot of things you can do today, and that's one of the areas where the internet has helped. But in terms of trying to sort of sort out the list of 4,000 colleges and universities in the U.S., somebody's got to help these kids up front to narrow that field to the ones where they're not just likely to get in, but get out. Yeah, I think about my undergrad experience versus when I chose a grad school and how different those were. So I looked at going back to grad school. I was like, okay, who near me has business programs? Which ones can I afford? Which one fits with my schedule? Great, I'll go there. And I didn't even set foot on their main campus until I was at least a year through the program. And I got on campus. I was like, wow, this place is beautiful. Like, (laughs) what a nice campus versus the undergrad experience. Wish I could spend more time here. Yeah, right? Versus the undergrad experience when it was very clear, like, where to go and and where to be. But you mentioned financial constraints and financial considerations a couple of different times. So how does Truve help to support students that might be at the lower end of the socioeconomic ladder? You know, I think the first and and most important way is in 10 minutes, you can find a, a list of schools that are really well suited to your personality and to the kind of the way you learn and the way you like to spend your time socially. And that seeing yourself as potentially the first in your family to go to college or from a family that doesn't have a lot of means, you may not automatically default to, of course, I'm going to college. And so this idea that number one, you see yourself in college and you see your connection to the people that have been to those schools is, I think, a really big motivating factor. And then, you know, the second piece I would say is that the average guidance counselor or student to guidance counselor ratio in this country is 475 to one. And so every guidance counselor on average has way too many kids to really dig in deep with these students. And as wonderful as guidance counselors are and as difficult as that job is, it's in most schools, especially schools that are less affluent. That guidance counselor is academic counseling. They're serving as your priest and your best friend and your, you know, they're doing all these things and trying to give you advice about college. And there are, like I said, there are 4,000 colleges and universities in the U.S. alone. And so that person can't know all they need to know. And if they have 500 kids that are asking them these questions, it's tough. And so there is a lot of inequity in the college admissions system today that's just been born over time where kids who go to private schools have better success rates getting in and out of college. Kids who have come from higher economic geographies do better in this, in this process. Students who can afford SAT prep courses and people to help them write essays and select schools and then visit schools. There are all kinds of built-in advantages. So one of the things that we're hoping to do with Troop is to help level the playing field by giving excellent information to anybody for free so that they could you know, have a better chance of seeing themselves in school, finding the right schools, and then attracting and reaching out and connecting with those schools. 
and I, I have a, a sister who has, she's a younger sister of mine who has kids who are still in high school. And we were talking the other day about the cost of college. And she and her husband are both elementary school teachers. And so her first thought was, well, there are a whole bunch of schools that we can't even think about. And I said, no, 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 you're, you're thinking about it the wrong way. You need to find your fit and find your kids fit with those schools academically and socially. And then once you establish that connection, have a conversation with the school because the schools are facing some really tough challenges right now in terms of finding students. And so as we've at Truve have thought about folding in different financial components to our assessment, the schools have actually said, please don't, because we want to talk to every kid who's a great fit. And if we find a student who's a great fit, we are much more likely to find a financial package that's a great fit or create a financial package that's a great fit than to have that student self-select out because they think that our sticker price is too high. Most parents will realize that the average discount is about 50%. So the published prices that we hear that are shocking, you know, 50, 70, $80,000 a year for college is not really what most students pay. And so the idea that we can help students see themselves there, find the right schools, connect with those schools so that those schools have an opportunity to show you how interested they are in you by making you an offer that works for your family, it is, in fact, an addition to the system that doesn't exist today. Yeah. And you bring up an interesting question of kind of where higher education is going. And we keep hearing so much about students just not wanting to go and not wanting to take on the debt and not wanting to get a four-year English degree that's not going to serve them in any way when you can go to an eight-week coding boot camp and go get a six-figure job. So are, are you seeing that change or is Truve bringing in some of these other higher education options for vocational routes or pathways or boot camps or other ways towards furthering education other than a traditional four-year degree? Yeah, absolutely. So we're three years into our journey at Truve, but definitely on our roadmap. And so we don't have all the functionality we want. And we had to start somewhere. So we're starting with undergraduate enrollment, typically straight from high school, was the starting point three years ago. But ultimately, the thing we're trying to do is to help people find their way in higher education. And we do not presuppose that that is necessarily, by definition, a four-year residential college. And I think the last three years have shown the world that there are a lot of different hybrid or online-only models that are highly effective for education. And the idea of certification programs are really coming on strong. And I think there's a lot of value from a maturation standpoint for most 18 to 22-year-olds or you know 19 to 25 or whatever you want to classify the typical undergraduate as. And I could say this as a guy, it's especially true for us guys. When you grow up a little bit and four years of college, five years of college definitely helps you do that. So we ultimately want to not presuppose the answer to all students is residential four-year college, but rather say, what are you passionate about? And then how can we help you to get there? And so we definitely, in our data set today, we have public and private two and four-year schools across the US. We'll start to layer in all the trade schools and all the different certification programs we have a bunch of online-only schools. So there, there's definitely a, a much richer data set out there. And I think you're spot on when you say that this generation of students, maybe more than any, probably since World War II, does not automatically assume that they must go through college after high school in order to achieve the success in society that they want. 
that they all think, as somebody said the other day, oh, I can go straight to the MBA. I can become a coder. I can become Elon Musk tomorrow just by learning how to code and I'm good to go. I don't need to go to college. I don't really buy that. Nobody really goes straight to the NBA unless they are Kobe Bryant and there aren't many of those. So we want to help you find your path. We want to help you explore all kinds of different options. And I think colleges and universities are getting much better about this. I was out at a conference of small college presidents a few months ago and having a conversation around kind of a breakout session around the idea of the higher education business model. And it was a fascinating conversation. And I think I offended a few people around the table when I said, you guys have got to stop thinking about your business as I'm trying to sell you a four-year degree for X price, and then I'm going to chase you for the rest of your life to give me money for nothing. I mean, every college graduate out there knows, and even when you don't graduate, they still chase you to try to give donations to the school. That's a silly business model. And I said, how much more powerful would it be with all the technology we have today if you were to find your people at the undergraduate level, people that really loved your community and connected to your culture, that those people will find success with you as an undergraduate and they'll stick with you forever. And so as you create online coursework, travel programs, certification programs, graduate degrees, all these other things that we can do now with a little bit of time on campus, no time on campus, meeting in other places, all that's available to you as long as you find your people first. And so I don't know whether it's just my brain that always takes it back to that, find your fit, and then all good things are possible. But that's what I think is available to us in higher ed today. Yeah, I think it's finding your fit, definitely. And it's also that shift in business model of, hey, I have this shiny object, come and spend four years with me and your life will be better because so many people see that that's just not true, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. after four years, their life isn't better and they have a whole bunch of debt. But instead, that shifting to here are the things that I can do for you. Here are the ways that I can help your life. Here are the ways that I can enhance and help you learn and grow. Yeah. And so how do we really almost looking at it more like instead of, hey, you come to me and the Golden Palace will be yours. It's more, how can I help you develop these skills? Yeah. And I think most adults understand verb to major. I don't know many teenagers that instinctively start freshman year and think, I know what it means to major in something, right? It's just it's just not something that, that kids think about. And so if we actually step back a little bit and say, let's start with what turns these kids on. What are they passionate about? And then can we help layer in the data for them that says, if you're passionate about X, Y, or Z, then there are people that are passionate about the same thing that you're going to find a lot in common with who are working right now in careers that do this and that. Have you ever thought about that? Have you heard of that? And then back it down for them and say, okay, if that's the goal, then these are the kind of things that you could do educationally to get yourself there. And it may be an undergraduate degree. It might be a certification program. But here's how you can get from here to there. And this is what you might want to consider studying in school. There might be different pathways if it's in a technology field or in a medical field or you know, there are a lot of different ways to arrive at the same point. But we start with that passion and then work our way from a connection to people and that end goal and help kids understand it in a language that they resonate with and not assume they know things like, what does it mean to major? And what's a, what's a minor? Yeah, this is where we're starting with our students in middle school in their advisory as creating a mind map of where are your interests and what 
positions or jobs would align with those interests and what other careers are adjacent to those interests that you might not think about as even in middle school, we're starting to send students out on apprenticeships and go shadow this job for a day, see what it's like, see what it's about. So that when they get to the point where you're talking about and they're in high school and they're trying to figure out what my interests are, what do I major in? What is that called? They'll have more of an idea of those things because they will have spent so much time already with their own interests, with looking at careers that align with those interests, with spending time with people who are in those careers that align with their interests and seeing where their people are. Where does that align? Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I'm I'm jealous of those kids. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm somebody that I think I figured out relatively early kind of what turns me on and and it was very much aligned with what my dad used to do. But there are a lot of people for whom, well, mom does this, dad does this, so I'm going to go do it too. It doesn't resonate for them, but they just think they have to. I think this generation is better at not following that. And I think to the extent that we can help them to not have to do that, if it makes sense, great. But to think about those passions and what that might turn into and the world of possibilities out there and the, all the different ways to get from here to there. I'm a very much of a kind of a glasses half full kind of person. And so those are those are exciting to me, but I know that that can be very daunting to others who get sort of paralyzed by that. And so that's actually one of the things that we've tried to do with Truve is to turn, especially the social piece, into a more data-driven approach. Because if you go speak to any college admissions officer, they'll tell you the most valuable elements of an application are the transcript and test course. And less about test scores, especially these days, but mostly the transcript and the GPA. It's data-driven. They can equivalize it against different schools. And so it, it's the easiest thing for them to hold on to in the process. And so our one of our kind of big visions is, can we effectively create the social GPA? Not to say you're good or bad at it, but rather it is maybe a better way to think of it as the social transcript. So these are the kind of courses I like to do. These are the kind of things I like to do. This is how I succeed and what turns me on and what I'm excited about. And so we can give a student kind of a, a metric that says, this is a social environment where you are really going to feel connected in the same way that we don't want to take a kid who is a 3.0 in high school and put them in a, in a college filled with 4.0s or a 4.0 in a group of 2.5s. They're not going to feel comfortable in their environment either way. And so finding a way to use technology to create social connection is definitely part of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's a yeah. whole other conversation, yeah. especially as I think of what like some of past guests with Mastery Transcript Consortium and the way they're redoing transcripts and looking at, you know, so many schools looking at getting rid of grades altogether. And, and essentially, it's the same thing, right? How do we take what we've done and make sure that we're finding the right fit? in a better way that's not ranking us A, B, C, D, F against everybody else. And the the predictability of those things in terms of college success, they're highly predictive of getting into college, but they're not highly predictive of getting out. It's one of the major reasons why schools have been so quick to walk away from, or at least go to test optional on standardized testing on the SAT and the ACT. They're just have not proven to be predictive of long-term success as a graduate or as an alumna of the school. And so I do, I do think that this idea of being able to look beyond that socially and academically is highly valuable to the individual. I have one last question for you, David. And this is a question that I ask all of my guests because I have launched and I run an elementary school. 
And so I love to hear one story from your experience from elementary school. I have to cast myself back a few decades for that, Tanya. <laughs> I was a, a fortunate kid. So I, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I spent my first nine years in Connecticut. I was a mile from school. I'd ride my bike to school. It was wonderful. And then I was going into fifth grade, and my dad sat us down, and I was one of four kids. And my dad said, and my parents said, we are moving. Dad got transferred to a new job, and we're moving to England. And I said, okay, I, I don't know what any of that means. I don't know what England is. I don't know what transferred means, but it obviously was a big deal, right? So I, I spent fifth, sixth, and seventh grades in England. So I went from a you know typical little American elementary school to a British boys' school where I was wearing a uniform that it was shorts and knee socks and a tie and a jacket and a little beanie all year long. Wow. Playing rugby and cricket. And I was the only American that most of my classmates had ever met. You know, this was 30 plus 40 years ago. And so that I think was a really positive formative experience for me to go from just like every other kid around me to being the only one and being in a foreign land and trying to figure out, okay, the rules have changed. Everything looks, sounds different. It almost, it wasn't literally a, a totally different language, but it sure sounded like it. And so, yeah, that I would say that was was a highly impactful part of the end of my elementary school experience that was actually a confidence builder for me. Because you're, when you're sort of thrown into that, it's, you know, sink or swim or just float and kind of get by. And I, I learned to swim and I gave myself credit and appreciated that and said, I can handle it when I'm thrown into a new environment and I can become the captain of the cricket team and not really mind wearing those silly uniforms. That's great. Thank you so much for that story. How can people get in touch with you? They're welcome to visit us at truve.me, at T-R-O-O-V-E dot me. Parents, alumni, students looking for college, whether they be in high school or older students going back to college, uh, there is a simple 10-minute quiz on there. I'm on LinkedIn, or if you just want to shoot me an email at david at truve.me, I would be happy to engage and help you out in your process. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Rebel Educator Podcast. I'd invite you to check out rebeleducator.com where you can see all of our upcoming workshops, webinars, and professional development opportunities. Upacademysf.com where you can see our current progressive elementary school in action. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review and rate our show so that others can find it and love us too. Keep resisting tradition, Rebel Educators. There are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? 
reliably meet Tier 1 standards, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.